guys and welcome to another rip-roaring episode of the Photography Bar podcast. My name is Cam and I'm joined by Sarah. Sarah, are you okay? Yeah, I'm all good. I've shipped the kids off to the grandparents and I'm enjoying this time right now. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark, how are you? No silence, he's not here. <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's got a busy week. He's too busy for us, Sarah. He's busy shooting and... Uh, uh, well, which is what we all want as photographers, don't we? And that's one of the things Definitely. that we we were going to talk about uh, today is um, about perhaps becoming a freelance photographer or some of the things that uh, you should consider about becoming a freelance photographer, because there's a lot of photographers or a lot of people out there that, that want to get into the photography world. They, they don't know how to do it. They don't know what to do or they're not sure of the, the pitfalls or things they should be aware of. But Sarah, so how, how did you, let's start with, start with you. How did you start um, um, within becoming was, an independent freelancer, would you say? Yeah, I think the fact that I was employed as a school photographer for 10 years was a huge benefit because I've made lots of connections with people. So after deliberating for quite some time, whether or not to go into freelance, because it was that fear of, am I going to have enough income coming in? I've got to make sure I purchase all the equipment so I can fulfill the jobs. Um, so I would say that was the biggest scare for me. Getting in contact with people was the easy part. And actually, as soon as I did that, and soon as I spoke to other freelancers and they sort of told me the things I need to do, the, the fear dropped away. It seemed completely manageable. And, you know, this, this regular income that I was sort of concerned about, I was able to fill up quite quickly. We're doing freelance school photography or freelance graduation, as well as sort of some, family sort of photo shoots and things on the side I think it was just talking to people and knowing what I've got to do how I'm going to do it that sort of helped me out the biggest amount because mm, I think the biggest thing and you've sort of said those is is having enough work and and thinking am I going to be bringing in enough money sort of week on week month you know uh, month on month you know and, and how am I going to actually survive if if I actually go freelance I think that's the biggest worry. Um, and I think that idea of having a regular income um, is the best thing. So what a lot of people do is they'll just find another job. They'll be working somewhere else, nothing to do with photography, but that gives them the regular income. However, um, that might not work around their schedule because they may be having to turn shoots down or jobs down because they're committed to this regular income. And unfortunately for many people, that regular income becomes more and more important that they end up letting their photography go because they didn't have the time to spend on their on their photography so the idea of working as a freelancer for graduation shooting some like graduations and schools is is a really good idea because you're doing what you want to do as well plus you're meeting with like-minded people as well I think it's very seasonal this kind of work as well so you know for school photography picks up in September quite rapidly goes through to December and then sort of the other side of the season is sort of this time where you've come in after Easter until the end of July graduations are around the July period so you can really sort of have a nice income in that duration and really focus the other parts of the year into your own thing that you want to do and evolve that a little bit more and it's sort of this catch-22 that if you're in this sort of full-time employed situation that you're not finding the time to do your freelance so therefore your freelance dwindles it is a big leap at times to sort of say actually I'm going to put everything into my freelance but all of a sudden you have more time if you go into that position to build it up 
and that income comes. Obviously, your first year might be a little bit not rocky, but difficult at times going from that set income every month to knowing that some months you're getting a really nice injection of cash to other months it might be a little bit lower but ultimately mm-hmm. I'd, for me the leap was great you know it worked out it fitted around my family brilliantly I was able to be off with my kids because I was working in school photography graduation photography it it worked brilliantly obviously my situation is changing I'm going back to full-time which mm-hmm. is actually more daunting now than coming out of it it's it's scary to think that actually I'm not going to have that flexibility the way I had before um it's it's a really sort of big juggling balance yeah that's right because you know if I think about it now you know if I had to go if I had to give up working for myself running my own business and go and work full-time for somebody else yes that would be pretty scary actually you know it's like am I going to make is this going to work um you know I don't know if it would because you know I've been independent and freelance for so so many years now that that it and it does work and in fact you and I both sort of yeah uh success stories in a way of that that as, as freelancers you can make it work and but you know the important thing is is I think is Sarah, you worked for other people before you did this and you gained experience. And I did that for many years, you know, um, you know, before I set up my own business. So I'd been working for different photographers, getting experience in the industry, doing that. I certainly did not leave school, college, university, whatever, as everyone does now and say, right, I'm setting my own business because I've got my own website, um, you know, and I've got my own social media. Brilliant. Hey, I'm a professional photographer you know, uh, with, uh, why don't we put in there actually, Hey, I'm a professional photographer with no prior experience, you know, <laughs> and that's, that's two different things. How about saying I'm a professional photographer. I've got my own business with 10 years experience. That's far, that carries far more weight than saying, Hey, I'm a professional photographer with no experience. Um, I think so much of it as well you know they might kind of go oh I've got so many followers or people who want to see my Instagram or whatever it is (laughs) it doesn't translate into being able to gain clients you need to know how to do that how to maintain them as well Mm. there's a there's a lot of admin as such when you go into this position and I think you can be a bit blindsided to it if you think well I just work for myself it's great. I get all the income, but there's actually so much more to it than that. There is. Yeah. And and please don't, you know, if you're thinking of becoming a photography, you want to run your own business. Yes, you will do it with determination and time and experience. You will do it. You will run your own business. But if you think that you're going to just set up your own business with no prior experience, then, you, you, you know, it's that thing of, uh, you know, you're going to just, you're preparing to fail. As we know, what was it going back a, a few episodes ago? We said, how many photography businesses 85% 85% of photography businesses fail in the first year and I can guarantee you most of those fail because those photographers had no experience in the photography world they just set up their own website and 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 then closed you know so uh, get that experience you know work for other photographers and some people will say yeah but I've tried to ask other photographers for the opportunity to work with them and there are no opportunities because all this most of the photographers are independents but there are some big studios out there that look for for photographers but going into the schools uh, market going into the graduation market and sports photography is a great way of getting regular work and lots of experience and in fact we're going to be talking to Ian Hatch uh, a very experienced photographer in this field um shortly in this episode and he's going to tell us a little bit about what he does and and how 
you can get into the world of graduation photography, schools photography, sports photography, and be earning yourself a regular income alongside trying to bring in bring in your own work. Um, and we're lucky now because it's so much easier than ever before to get in touch with other photographers. Sarah, you I mean, Sarah, you know a lot of photographers, don't you? Yeah, I think that's I was lucky enough to be in that industry. I sort of jumped at my first photography job offer as much as I didn't enjoy it. I sort of was like, oh, foot in the door, this is great. Um, and then sort of worked my way through into a sector which I ended up being in for 10 years. But I think it's there's, you know, as you're saying, it can be so much easier now because social media can be used in a positive way. It can be a great way of connecting with other people. Um and just talking, it's so important to talk to other people, however it may be. I know so many people are coming out of university and they don't want to make a phone call. They don't like it. They want to send an instant message. They want to find a Facebook group, you know. So however you do it, just make sure you you talk to some people that were in that industry, perhaps. Yeah. And then you really, when you start talking to people and I'm talking about real photographers, you know, face to face and you're talking to a number of them, everyone has their, has the same difficulties the same issues and the same problems um and you learn from those people and 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 so what you don't want to do is go onto insta instagram you don't want to go onto uh youtube or anywhere like that and 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 click and watch a video of somebody who says hey i set up my photography business in the first month i earned fifty thousand dollars normally okay <laughs> <Click bait. laughs> uh you know it yeah look he, he probably did he or she probably did it may happen it does happen some people just strike strike really lucky and it's not just luck you know they, they some of these people do know what they're doing a lot of them but you know it's there's no fast track um you know i i say this to people that learn photography uh, and i'm talking about n- nothing to do with setting up a business but learning photography in the classes that we run so we say that you know is you have to practice. It's the only way that you're going to become a good photographer by actually practicing. So when people, uh, uh, you know, start learning an, a musical instrument, they start learning a musical instrument. They will practice, practice, practice. But people don't do that with photography. They don't view that. They don't think I've got to go out with my camera and I've got I've got to practice. Or I've got to get experience with this. I've got to learn this. No, photographers just go out and become freelance professional photographers and set up a website and all of that nonsense and everything it it doesn't happen like that it not really um you know you do need uh, you do need to to get that experience um and then there's a business side of things so how did you how did you find a business side of things sarah um i think i was quite fortunate that a lot of people gave me a lot of advice um one thing was like go get your insurance get your website set up those kind of things um I think trying to think what I did at the Roaming, it's obviously it's a couple of years ago. I'm getting old now. It's getting hard to remember. Um, but I think it was just a case of sort of writing down a checklist, registering to be a sole trader, getting my UTAE tax code number thing. Hmm. And it was all those little things that I wouldn't have thought to have done if I hadn't spoken to another freelancer that said, yeah, you need to do this. You've got to get those things done. As soon as I got an accountant to help me with my taxes as well, I was like, have you got these things? Because the amount of times he has said that somebody comes to him as a sole trader and no, I didn't even register for the, the tax code thing. I haven't, I haven't done that. So you then need to wait for that time. There are so many important things that if you do them, first of all, when you first set up, it makes the steps after that so much easier. It's a bit more smooth sailing. Mm, You're not backtracking right, yeah. in any way. 
yeah that's right yeah so no good stuff let's um let's uh listen to uh our catch up with chat uh, our catch up chat with uh, ian um and again as i said for those of you that uh may already be experienced photographers um but might be finding that you know you've got gaps in your diary that you want to fill or for those of you that have, that have got just very little work and you're just looking for other avenues of work or those of you wanted to get into the freelance world of photography and you want some regular work, have a listen to our chat with Ian here because um, you'll see that there's, there's a lot of opportunities for a lot of regular work uh, in photography here in the UK. Let's have, uh, let, let's have a listen. Okay, so guys, Ian has joined us. Uh, Ian, thank you for coming on as a guest to the podcast. Good to see you. How, how are you doing? Good to see you. Yeah, I'm absolutely fine. Thanks. Good. Um, now, just very briefly to tell you uh, Ian's uh, career to date, which is with, with a huge amount of experience as a photographer. Um, he's got um, over 30 years of experience in the school and early years photography market and also worked as a sales and office manager for one of the leading photography companies that had the market share in the UK for almost 23 years. And uh, he also started the largest school, nursery, sports and dance photography, social media group and community in the UK which is called MoPhoto. Um, and that's something we're definitely interested in talking about. And uh, in addition to all of that, he also runs um, his own school photography company, which is based in Cornwall, and that's called Hatchbox. So uh, you seem to have got a, a very full schedule, shall we say, Ian? <laughs> yes. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Uh, well, like I said, I, I've worked, as you said, since 1990 in the school and nursery photography industry. Mm. Um, I first of all, worked for a company in Gloucester, a studio photographer, basically. Um, and they were doing, you know, quite a few schools at that particular time. And mm. what was it, what was exciting? That was my introduction really into the, into the whole world and opportunity of making money in, you know, for, for, from photography. Um, it was in, was in the high street in Gloucester, really. So we had lots of, uh, you know, people coming in with injuries and injury photographs, studio shots, things like that. But the schoolwork was much more interesting because, that was annual revenue. So, um, you know, I, that, that kind of carried on. That business grew pretty, pretty hugely, really, to be honest with you, up to a large number of schools. Um, and then eight years later, I moved to Cornwall and joined the largest school photography company in the country. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and literally up until two years ago, I worked for them for 23 years. Um, and then unfortunately I was made redundant, but uh, that's the time when I decided I was going to do a couple of things for myself and for the community, really. So having been in the business a long time and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do when I grow up, I suppose, really, um, I decided to set up a social media group. Um, a couple of people that I've known over the years said to me, you should start a social media group. And I sort of thought, well, I'm not sure, really. I, I don't know. But uh, if you join, then at least there'll be two of us. So um, May 2021. Um, two or three of us sort of joined and within a day or so there was 30 or 40 people in this little Facebook group of our that we, we started out and we called MoPhoto um, and yeah and here we are today well I suppose it's 18 months later um, maybe a bit no it's nearly two years now nearly two years and we've got 2,000 people in the group and we talk very openly about making money in school nursery dance sports photography graduation that kind of stuff really and and it's it's become a really lovely place. I mean, mm. you, you you know, being uh, being a photographer and running your own business, it can be quite a lonely world out there. And uh, uh, you know, that, that's many reasons, selfishly, why I started the group is because I wanted to talk about photography and talk about 
you know about this industry and and uh so i kind of started it out with that in mind but yeah everybody seems to really enjoy it it's it's good yeah. and uh <clears throat> i think that's one of the things that we've had a lot of feedback from the podcast about really about people saying it's great to you know i'm a photographer i work on my own uh and it, it's it's, mm. it's good you know you know i almost feel like uh you're, you're friends of mine and just hearing the, the things that i think about as well now mm. i don't have any experience in schools photography dance or sports photography uh mm -hmm. i know sarah really that's where you come in don't you uh yeah, with, with, yeah, with your been... schools and graduation um photography see and... i would say your graduation experience cam is so similar to to schools in a way except mm. it's just not got that same fast pacedness mm. it's all that volume photography mm. um and it all follows a, a similar sort of method and, and setup really mm. Mm. i think one of the things that about things like schools and graduation photography particularly for photographers well I was going to say particularly photographers thinking of going into photography mm -hmm. um, but, but photographers are already in that industry th th those are graduation photography and and sort of schools photography are things that that are scalable you know yeah. uh, you know as photographers we work very much on our own and there's only a certain amount of shoots that you can do and mm. um, you, and so you 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 limit your earnings I guess um, in that way uh yeah, yeah. but 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 with schools obviously you can you can you know it's something that you can get in a lot of other photographers and have quite a big business but before we sort yeah. of go into that in any detail i really wanted to talk about the mofoto group really mm -hmm. because yeah, yeah. that's where a lot of photographers uh, are involved where they're talking and crossing over ideas now who are the sort of photographers that are within that mofoto group well, originally when I started the group, I, I tried to keep it to sort of people that were, um, you know, regionally working for themselves um, and doing a few schools, a few nurseries. Um, and, you know, now there is a hell of a lot more people involved and some of those people work for some much larger businesses and things these days. But in the early days and and to be to extent, really, all the time at the moment, it is a lot of photographers who work you know, locally to where they live. Um, they maybe do anywhere from you know five schools up to up to 40 50 schools that kind of type type of thing but um you know it it really has highlighted the fact that there's a need for it. it's also highlighted the fact that you can get a lot of help through that group i mean what when i left um the company i worked for two years ago um i would never ever have imagined starting a school photography company of my own i you know even though i've worked in the business for 30 odd years i never imagined doing it but the tools these days that are out there um for you know, just photographers on their own. Just if you're a photographer, you can literally run a business uh, that's got an end-to-end -end workflow now. Um, you know, with by by just using software, it's it's really quite amazing. If you'd have tried to do it five or six years ago, you would have struggled. You've got a lot more things that you need to think about, a lot more things you need to do. But nowadays, there are platforms that literally, once you photograph the images and uploaded them, the automation is there. So. And we talk about lots of those kind of things in the group, really. But but ultimately, I want the group to be a very positive space, um, which it's turned out to be. I've tried to take all the negativity out of it. There's always someone who says they can do it better than you or, you know, you're not doing it right. I mean, you know, everyone's different. You know, D never say that you're not doing anything right. You you're doing things that are right for you, really. My, my philosophy is to do you know, to earn as much money as possible with doing as little as possible, really. And, uh, you know, that that's that's what we all kind of want. But some people, you know, they they, they love being creative. They love the editing part of the of the of, of the job. They love the photography. They love, you know, lighting, you know, so that there's all sorts of people in, in the group. Um, but keeping that positive spin is exactly the same as the podcast, really, you guys do. 
just keeping it positive, giving people, you know, the understanding there's money to be made in photography at all different types, in all different types of places. Just happens to be that, in my personal opinion, and it's proved to me over the years that schools, nursery, sports, those kind of things, it's annual regular income. And there's a there's space for people out there. If you are a photographer and you like children, that is a bit of a a bit of a thing that's important in the school. And early mornings. <laughs> well, and early mornings, yes, of course, there is that as well. Children, early mornings, and you're a photographer, actually you can you can do it. You know, you know, you, you really, really can do it. And I love it when a photographer comes into the group and is obviously very new to to the group and you know, basically ask questions you think. Those are the sorts of questions, you know, we were asking when we started out. And, you know, it's nice to see people go forward and, um, you know, and, and win bookings and win accounts and, and go on to good things. I was speaking to a photographer a few a few hours ago who's done exactly that. You know, they're, 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 they're really growing their business quite rapidly and they're loving it, you know. So uh, and the group's all about just supporting that, really. So, yeah. So. Sorry. I was going to say that's what I've seen is sort of that that helping of each other. So somebody's starting out in the business, perhaps, and they've got a couple of questions on the best way, you know, that they can sell their product. Where should I go? Where should I get my mounts from? And yeah. it's all that information that it benefits to talk to other photographers. Yeah. Um, and that's something obviously that we're trying to do here as well is try and connect people that obviously, as we've said many times, that being a freelancer can be a little bit lonely at times. Mm-hmm. And you need other people's advice, information, help even if it's you know a case on calling on somebody oh I need a second shooter you know and and you've met them or whatever you've connected through this group some way and then you've met say at the society show or something like that and you build this relationship it really does help yeah yeah we've got a section in the in the group where if you need a freelance photographer if you're a business that needs a freelance photographer you can post in there and if you're a photographer looking for work you can post in there and say where you live and what areas you want to work in so that has become quite a quite a pretty cool cool thread and you know people say to me all the time I've got a photographer now I've fulfilled this you know a photographer I needed and rather than going through Indeed or you know looking for a random photographer you know by by, on local press and things like that the, the group is facilitating those kind of things all over the UK and actually the group is not just all about the UK we've got some Australians in the group we've got a lot of Americans in the group um there's a there's a, you know there's, there's people from all sorts of countries there's a guy from Brazil that's in the group as well so you know we we've and fr- there's some French in it as well majority is the UK but that's what's lovely it is we've all got the same problems it doesn't matter where you are in the world to be honest with you um, American photographers you know they you can see the same sort of uh, same sort of issues and same sort of uh, challenges there than we, than we than we have here. I mean, their market's a little bit different. They've got other things that sports is much, much bigger over there. But, you know, it's great. It, it's it's stretches across the world, actually, really, this support. Mm. And uh, yeah, but, you know, it, it, it anybody can do it. You know, if yeah. I can do it in in 18 months, grow a business from nothing to to something substantial. And honestly, anybody can do it. I'm nothing special, really. And there are no secrets out there. You you literally, if you enjoy photography, you've got the kit. You know, early mornings, as you said there, Sarah, mm-hmm. too. But, so, you know, you can do it. Yeah. So so what is, uh, so somebody wanted to get into, say, schools photography. Let's, let's talk about that um, sort of briefly first. So somebody who's thinking, oh, actually, you know, uh, you know, I hadn't thought about that field of photography. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do I need to do to start? What kit do I need? And how do I get started in yeah. in, in doing this? Because yeah. I like well, the idea of this. Yeah, well, I mean, basically, if you're 
if you could, if there's multiple ways of doing it, I mean, obviously one of the simplest ways, Sarah does has done some freelance work for other photographers and other companies before, um, and that's obviously an easy opportunity to get to get a taste of the market and whether actually you know you'll you'll enjoy it in the long term. Um, so, but there are always freelance um, opportunities out there. Again, kit wise. You really don't need need a great deal. Obviously, you need a camera. You need um, you know a, a back sometimes background, but you can take photographs naturally and in, in situ and things like that. Um, I'm just using a single light setup this year from our workshop, so we're using a huge, um, a large white, uh, white white umbrella at the moment, and and it's that's that's proving to be really good. We're, we're trying to wipe out any reflections in in glasses and things at the moment, and so we're using one huge umbrella right over the top of the subject at the moment. Um, and actually, yeah, you just don't need a lot, really. Honestly, it's quite low. It's low, um, uh, low equipment to market kind of situation, really. But the, the, I suppose that the, uh, I suppose the the special magic in this, the mix in this, is getting the work. Really, if you you can do it, if you become a freelance photographer, that's fine. You'll, you'll get the right kit. You, they'll tell you the kit that you need. Each photographer works differently and has different lighting setups. Um, but if you're going to do it for yourself, then um, what I always say to photographers when they ask is there's low hanging fruit. Most of us know someone who works in a school, someone who works in a nursery, um, you know, someone who has influence over decisions in nurseries. There's lots of myths about schools and, and nurseries where they say, oh, you can't photograph because they've all got contracts. Well, that's not actually the case, really. Schools and nurseries generally don't have contracts. There are some exceptions to that, but generally it's the, the secretary in the school will make the decision. The secretary in the school will decide who they use for the photographer. So if you have a special relationship with someone or, you know, someone, like, for instance, I mean, my wife happens to be a teacher. So my first school that I won was because my wife worked there as a teacher. So I you know, told them I could do a good job. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're lying or not at that point. You tell them you can do a job, a good job. You get the booking. You fulfill the booking and actually everything else you need to do these days, as I say, it's easier now. There are platforms out there, but that's how you start. You start mm. by getting someone to give you the chance to do the portraiture. So what you're mm. talking about, really, in nurseries, you're doing anywhere from 20 to 50 children in a sitting. So the children are coming through your studio being photographed in a school. You're doing anywhere from, you know, the smaller schools. You can do small schools. I do one that's got 40 kids in it, for instance. But you can do schools of 400 kids in it. Mm. So in primary schools, uh, and they're also secondary schools and, 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 and universities and all those sorts of things. So, yeah, it, it is yeah easy, easy to you, you just have to find the right the right kind of people to help you get the work. Sure, yeah. So yeah. let me just go back a little bit there, because you've, you've sort of got your equipment. Um, what, what about you, you, the, the skill level of a photographer that, that's starting out? What about somebody who says, OK, look, I've, ne I've never done this before. Um, at what point, where, where do they go from there saying, look, I really like the idea of this. Yes, you know, I can uh, I can buy the kit. That's something. But, yeah. but how can I how can, how can I actually learn to do this? So I can actually uh, be shooting because we've sort of jumped from there's your equipment list to running your own business. Yeah, yeah, but we've yeah, missed yeah, the yeah, bit yeah. where we sort of say we've missed a bit where we sort of say, well, what about the people that um, that, that have never done this before? Yeah, yeah. No experience. at yeah. all. Well, well, I mean, again, it's like any 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 part of photography that's out, that's out there at the moment. It's it's a learning process. You have to start with you know understanding lighting and understanding exposure and everything else. And. And, and really the volume stuff that we're talking about, school, nursery, sports, dance is 
is normally normally indoor studio lighting photography so that's what you're looking to do um, and, and if you're if you're starting out you know you need to set up a studio and you need to work out how to get lighting right and um you know use a, using a gray card and all of these things you will need to learn you've got to learn the basics first in order to be able to take it to the to the next level really um so yeah studio it's studio practice basically studio photography practice get some you know some children you know that you know or in the family get them to come through and just test out your lighting um you know and obviously you probably need to get some experience some support really some actual lighting support some basic level support to get to a certain standard really okay. i would um, say when when i went into school photography i actually had no experience of working in a school's environment i was fortunate enough to have a, a job beforehand which was with babies and children in in a studio but i'd never done schools yeah. but you know i got to a point where i was recruiting photographers and i was purely looking for people with passion a lot of the time a passion in photography and then training them up and it can be as simple as that you you go in and you go to indeed or whatever site it is you're able to find a company that specializes in school photography and you can do it as a freelancer they will they will train you up obviously in their way but it's all key information that you can gain from them you can maintain freelance while trying to build your own business with that and I think it's really key again it's that talking with other people um, and sort of learning little tips tricks setups you know if you're not particularly familiar with lighting a company is going to teach you yeah, yeah. How to do that? How to how, do the yeah. meter? I mean, each company will do things in in a different way, really. Yeah. Um, slightly, slightly, but it's all a variation of the same thing. But I think the I think the biggest thing for me is rapport with the subject. If you the sort of person that can have some rapport with the subject, then you know everything else is you know you're following a textbook. You know this is your lighting setup. This is your light meter, grey card. You have your lights here or whatever, and you should do your background here you know and you, this is your camera settings i mean you know once you've done that part of it the, the most important thing is your reaction to the subject and being able to get some expression out of it and we shoot uh, three poses i don't really vary from that very often it's just that gives enough variety for parents to um you know get a get a nice nice photo and be able to combine those pictures together to make a package and stuff like that but yeah for for me it's when i i've got two freelance photographers that work with me and they're really happy hopefully if they're listening you know they are really really happy happy um photographers um and you know for me it's how they interact with the children and is the most important thing the photography you know we want great photographs naturally we really do want that but if they're able to interact with the children that's really important and that's why again it comes back to you you need to enjoy what you do if you don't enjoy what you do you you, you know you shouldn't be involved in this market really but. And, I th- and i think interacting with people is, is still something that that has to be learned because it's interacting in mm. in, the, in the correct way and i think sarah yeah. uh, say sarah for you example you've you've been doing schools graduation photography for quite some time and then started getting into recruiting people it changed for you didn't it because you were essentially you were working for somebody weren't you yes I think I think that's you know you know I've said this sort of many times on uh on here that I think too many so many people who think okay right I want to be a photographer and the first thing is right I'm going to start my own business um 
but without any prior experience. Now, you might mm. be an exceptional photographer, but how good are you actually, one, on the business aspect of things? Because the easiest thing is shooting. The hardest thing is getting the work in. Now, yeah. first of all, is how experienced are you actually on the business side of things? And that's how good are you at marketing yourself? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how good a photographer you are. If you, if you haven't got the work and you don't know how to get it, then that's yeah, one yeah. thing. But also is, you know, is learning to deal with, with clients on a, on a professional level. Mm. Um, and that has to be learned. You know, we all do our yeah. jobs. Everyone does their job and, and, and you have to learn your job. And I always find, I find it frustrating with photographers. They all, you know, think whether they're at school, college or uni, they come out immediately and say, right, I'm set, set up my own business. I've got a website. Mm. I've got my social media, right. I am a photographer and I've got yeah. my own business. Mm. And what we do is we miss out that huge chunk of training experience and learning. Mm. And yeah, I yeah. think as Sarah has done, Sarah, Sarah, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you've been doing it for a long time. You've moved into starting to recruit, hadn't you? And and doing yeah. that. But because you'd 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 learned it, you'd spent years yeah. doing it and and learning the industry and then moving on to the next step. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I actually really enjoy that recruitment side of things, but I would never have been able to do it without actually knowing what mm. you need inside out to to yeah. know exactly because you know you're not just for me it wasn't just recruitment and I would then train that person as well and it sort of does come back I was recruiting people that were similar to me because at the end of the day I knew they would be able to do it if that was the case otherwise I wouldn't have been doing it for 12 mm. 13 years or something mm. as it is now mm. um so yeah definitely you you do need to sort of work from the very first steps and get to know it all inside out mm. and, and through somebody else, perhaps. Let's touch on briefly about the the other things. I know these are things people are interested in when we talk about sports photography and then you've got graduation photography we were talking about. So very briefly, and when you say, you know, uh, sports photography, what mm -hmm. type of sports photography, what roles are there for photographers within that sports photography well, field that you're, that you're referring to? Well, to be honest with you, it's, it's only come uh, as a more recent thing, sports photography for, for me, really. It was last, last year I did my, uh, some grassroots rugby clubs and grassroots football clubs um, up until that point, I've been speaking to someone else who does this for a living, and uh, we we ended up I ended up doing a couple locally. But I was really surprised at the the turnover in terms of sales from that work for you know a four or five hours work that you know there was quite some quite considerable rewards to be had from photographing every single child in. Um, you know, for instance, the rugby club, Pirates Rugby Club, we do locally. There's 200 juniors, so under under sevens, under eights, under nines, under tens, et cetera, et cetera. And this goes on in every single town at every single place in the country, by the way. Um, so we just shoot it green screen. And then after we've shot it green screen, you give the parent three different poses um, and you combine the the the, the um, team photo together in a special, uh, a special print. This is slightly Americanized, you might say. The Americans do a lot of these sort of team photo type things. But um, yeah, uh, that, that's opened my eyes to the fact that this is an opportunity in every single town, in every single place in the country, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, when I first did it, I, I wish I'd, with hindsight, I've, I've kind of given a friend of mine locally um, the go ahead to do what I was going to do here, but I've kind of passed it on to him as a favour because a lot of that work is Saturday work, Sunday work, and evening work it's not something that excites me really working Saturday Sundays and evenings um so I sort of passed it on to a colleague and they'll do very very well thank you very much out of doing it but it's the same concept you book it 
and you shoot green screen, you do three poses, and then all of that work is manipulated through some software and then goes online and is order fulfillment is all automated. So uh, the again, there is a whole market, a huge market in the sports, grassroots sports, you know, so football, in town football clubs, um, they've usually got somewhere you can shoot the photographs in, so the clubhouse for a start. Um, and so it's all there as an opportunity. And again, you know, you 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 get a date, you go along, you take the pictures, you give all of the parents access to online online ordering, and then you get the results out the back end of it. But that market is is huge as well, another huge. And it's usually you do a good job. It's an annual thing as well. So I ex the expectation is you'll get it year on year on year if you do a good job. So similar to schools and nurseries, um, you know, it's a market that exists. And if you're not doing it, then in in fact, in sports, there's a lot of a lot more opportunity to do it than than you know at, at the moment. There's not a not a lot of clubs doing it, or not enough clubs doing it. So you can actually come in with the offering um, early on, really, at the moment, because that's mm. going to grow. I think the sports market is really going to grow, to be honest. Yeah, with you. yeah. And Sarah, you're not. We noticed a number of photographers that go go abroad to shoot some sports events, some running events, and uh, mm. uh, and yeah. all sorts. Um, and then, of course, there's the the graduation photography. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, that that's how that's how Sarah and I met actually, mm. and. Uh, um, and that's another field. That's another market that's huge. Yeah. It's a great way, actually. So for photographers that, first of all, if you've got no experience in, in graduation photography, um, we'll go into how to get into that in just a moment very briefly. But that's a great way of building up confidence as a photographer because mm. you're shooting and shooting and the rapport with people as well. And that's, again, I was saying that's something that's, that's got to be learned. But but the, the, I don't know how many graduation photographers there are in the UK um there's a lot aren't there have you yeah, got well, any well, idea sarah have you yeah. got any idea or in can you put well, a number on it i have no figure but there has to be loads <laughs> it really yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what you'll find with graduation photographers generally especially in the uk not so much in, in overseas in the us but in, in the uk is that that how every university has a graduation ceremony most of the graduation ceremonies take place you know in the three or four weeks in july most of them do you know and so you'll find every single person that's ever done a graduation is usually working in july doing those or anybody that wants to work in graduations is spending you know two or three weeks at a university um day in day out really long days taking photographs of graduates and families and uh you know it that that, that market is i suppose dominated a little bit by some bigger uh bigger businesses there's there's probably five or six big businesses that solely do graduation um events at uh, at universities in the uk but they need everyone needs photographers at the same time so actually it unfortunately it's slightly awkward for those businesses because the work's not spread out you've got all the work packed into a two or three week period so you know you can't be everywhere so if you've got 100 universities you've got a service in one week or two weeks you need multiple photographers at all of those venues so right, yeah. there, there are always always opportunities for photographers to be recruited to work in universities and again that's another good reason why the um uh, why my photo works because you know people have advertised for graduation photographers in there and you know people who want to do it maybe have got a bit of experience can actually then get in and go for it and mm. you know be given the chance to to work at those so again another way to get experience in a an unusual market really to be fair yeah so sarah you um you've been doing graduations for years so how did you get into um and and what was your what's like the essential kit from your point of view um, just well, go back to the beginning with how did you get into, into it was graduations? actually it was while i was employed mm -hmm. um as a school photographer we merged with a graduation company so i then 
kind of quickly learned that the setup is actually very similar to a school mm -hmm. setup. Yeah. It's ordinarily the graduation company provides the background. So you just need your camera and a couple of lights. And that's mm -hmm. pretty much it. And, you know, so much of it is those people skills and you know the fact that you can frame up a lovely photo get them to to smile and things like that but so much of it is sort of people management mm -hmm. more so um but you you find that sort of school photography and graduation photography tie really well together if you've done yeah. one you can definitely do the other and because one takes place in you know season when schools have sort of started to drop off a little bit it, it works out really nicely yeah, well. mm -hmm. but it's I think it's just simply contacting those companies if it's something mm -hmm. that really interests you you find it a lot with graduates who actually come through for their photo and they they ask you how did you get into this how I, I actually really like it how how would I go about doing it mm -hmm. we'll go speak to somebody yeah, drop yeah. them an email make a contact with somebody show them you know what you're about and then yeah. let's get you along for a trial day it's yeah. as simple as that it's, it's not a lot depth yeah. in terms of getting someone to be honest with you, if you want to do it, you'll get a job because, you know, the one thing from a photography point of view, because the one thing that when, when you're staffing an event for a university, you need photographers. You always do. There's That's always a thing that, you know, um, you know, from my days of working for a large organization and uh, and start, you know, being involved in the staffing part of it, you know even I was asked to go to numerous, numerous accounts. That's how desperate they were really type thing. So, you know, they're, they're always looking for photographers to, to work on these events. And uh, like I say, you've got a bit, you've got some kit. you've done studio work in the past, you've done any school or nursery type work. You should be able to transition into doing it quite easily. I um, also think that a lot of the times, you know, the, the graduation company work alongside with people who are at the university studying we mm. need a couple of runners to to help out with queuing or whatever it is mm -hmm. so they can see the process that's being done they show an interest in photography okay yeah. let's let's just show you what we do then so it can start as early as you're trying to obtain a degree perhaps in photography student, or videography yeah, whatever it is mm -hmm. You know, you you volunteer to to help out a little bit on a graduation ceremony. Yep. You you might land yourself a photography job. You never know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so I think so. Really, the message is out there, isn't it? That if if this is something that you'd like to get into, is is contact those companies that do Definitely. this. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, and I'm sure there's going to be opportunities if you haven't done it before. There's going to be good training opportunities opportunities as well. Uh, there's regular work. Okay, it's at different times of the year, and it might be uh, you know overloaded in certain times of the year. But it's good regular work, and there is work out there. So mm -hmm. uh, again, good opportunities. Just going back to the the, the Mo Photo Group, I wanted to uh, just touch on uh, touch on that again. Um, uh, the name. Uh, let, uh, what, what, actually, I don't even know what it stands for. How, what say, what does it stand a, for? What is the I'm, name? What well, I might, like? I might need a bleeper in a minute, but let's start with, <laughs> right. let's start with, um, uh, we're, we're going to say that it stands for moving forward together. Okay. Let's, so the M O F O T, mm. let's say that, but yeah. I must admit the original, uh, reason for calling it Mo Photo was kind of a bit of a rebellion thing in my mind. When I set it up, a very good friend of mine that also left the same company at the same time, we were a little bit, let's say we we're a little bit bitter, really, about being let go. I mean, I always thought that I would work for that company for probably the rest of my life, to be honest with you. So having been let, having, having left that company, I was, I felt a little bit rebellious. So I thought I'll start the social media group and I'll, and so I don't know, I, I don't know the word mofo. <laughs> we see where this is going, yeah. <laughs> when you, when you, when you Use your imagination, listeners. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I like the phrase, I am a mofo, because uh, I use that 
you know that sort of shortened version of it sometimes when for our members you know we are mofos so uh, yeah mofoto that's yeah. I, I best not uh, you know you can you can you can we can figure it out yeah ones. that's right yeah, yeah. There you go. um okay so look, now let's talk in general just uh, generally as a photographer what's what's your what's your camera brand of choice uh, well, you know, I, I'm, this may come, come as a bit of a shock to a lot of people, but I'm not actually hugely into photography. This is set, this is mm-hmm. going to come across. That's why I keep going down the business route and talking mm-hmm. about running a business, because I photographed at graduations and schools, but very rarely. Um, my business is now built on, you know, the operations part of it and fulfilling it with with photographers. And over the years, I've especially the 23 years at Tempest, I've talked to, coached and worked with so many photographers. We've always used, I mean, everybody I know have used Nikon, which may be a swear word, I don't know for some people, but uh, yeah, we've been very uh, branded towards Nikon um, for most of the career, my career really, and I've used Nikon before, but nothing nothing else, which is quite, which is quite shameful, only to have used that, but there you go. Yeah, okay, and then, and uh... Sarah, I mean, Sarah, I know that, that you're Canon as well, but let's talk about lighting. And again, this is really geared at, I suppose, people that don't have have the equipment, you know, that perhaps want to maybe become a graduation photographer. We know that it's a very easy setup, graduation photography. It's 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 literally two lights and a background and a camera. That's really your setup. It's no more than that, is it? Maybe and, a tripod. Um, and oh, and and maybe a tripod as well. Mm-hmm. And um uh, and even the, the the lighting has changed now, hasn't it? Because you'd have it's still studio flash units would say a brolly or a softbox, uh, but now we you know a lot of those flash units they're they're battery powered as well, so you don't even need the cables or anything like that, do you, for them yeah. uh, anymore as well? So um, what would you say, uh, both of you, really, is 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 a good brand to you know to to start off with? You know, it's going to be something that's reliable, uh, some yeah. reliable kit. Well, I spent uh, a month in, in February on the road with Gary Hill, who uses Ellen Crom all the time. And to be honest with you, it's it's always that thing, isn't it? There's Ellen Crom is a li- seems a little bit more expensive than anything else, but it's one of those you buy what you get. And uh, so I've been not persuaded, the wrong word, but our our, our team we are focusing 100% on single light setups now for our for our schoolwork, mainly because of the advantages of post you know post afterwards um and reflections of, again in glasses and things like that but again a power pack which is completely battery battery operated so there's less cables when you're in these environments um you know but like i said when you're first starting out you know you may not be able to afford some of the more expensive brands and most stuff does the job it does the job really to be honest with you yeah from our experience i think yeah. i used to use bowens all the time mostly because it was supplied to me through who i was employed with so when i went out on my own bowens had actually been taken over so they went into liquidation at one point mm. they were taken over yeah. so godox uh the umbrella company that has godox newer and uh, Bowens now yeah. so I started yeah. looking down that route um, and I didn't I thought oh, I could go for Godox but again it was starting out as a freelancer and not really having those funds mm. so I've just ended up with some Lumi 400s from newer and I tell you what mm-hmm. they've been brilliant mm-hmm. I've, yeah. I just went for hard cabled to be honest because I was mm. going to be using them inside most times um, mm. I make sure that I take covers for my cables uh, but they were ideal for me for starting out. And I say, yeah. what well, they've been brilliant. And they're literally 
half an hour up the road from me where I can go pick them up or drop them off or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't complain about them. They've, they've been brilliant. And they've got the lovely wireless triggers already built into them. So you don't need to buy a separate unit in any way, which is really helpful. Yeah, Actually, yeah. Sarah, that links in really well, doesn't it, with the with the, with the gadget bag, uh, who uh, who who we uh, who we highly recommend, and of course, recently we gave away a thousand pounds worth of prizes, uh, or the gadget bag very kindly gave away our listeners a thousand pounds worth of prizes, which uh, there were ten very lucky winners. Um, but remember the gadget bag; they do um, uh, battery uh, batteries, power grips, uh, lighting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good that could be a, a good starting point speaking to the guys there as well and remember you get 15 percent discount as as listeners to the podcast using awesome. the uh bar 15 code um uh-huh. so that's gadgetbag.co.uk so please give them a shout guys and uh and uh they'll be really pleased to hear from you but uh, ian yeah. i know you're involved in in other things as well um and that would be there's some virtual reality sort of stuff I think that you're sort of involved with and that's something that we'd like to perhaps get you on the show about at another point because that's uh-huh. uh, you know something that uh, uh, another thing that you're involved with which is which is quite fascinating as well mm-hmm. um, but having really good having a chat with you I, th- I hope it's been uh, interesting for everyone uh, out there for those of you who are obviously experienced already in schools and graduation sports photography or for those of you that are looking to get into photography or thinking of maybe you know maybe work is a little bit slow and you want to find another avenue of work that's that's mm. regular that's what all photographers all look to do really um you know we hope that uh that um uh, that you found this useful and also going on to the facebook uh facebook group or the facebook as i just said facebook and yeah. uh and request you request to join mofoto is that um, right? yeah just just click the link to join the group um you just answer a couple of quick questions we just like to know a little bit more about you if that's possible but yeah it's m-o-f-o-t-o mofoto so yeah look at look us up on facebook and come and join us and as i say it's a very very open space very positive space and, and you know we we try not to well anybody who's trying to be negative about it we we try to nip that in the bud the community is very strong and uh, very supportive and that's really what we we want for all the listeners to the to the photography bar yeah great stuff thank you so whether you're whether you're very highly experienced or you've you've got no idea at all real newbie join yeah. the group and you're going to get the right information ian yeah. thank you so much as i said we'll Would get you back on on a, a future show and um yeah good luck with the future pleasure, thank you pleasure, again. Cam. pleasure sarah lovely to speak to Take you care. thanks a lot all right okay that was pretty good uh sarah chatting with Ian. i think i'm hoping that everyone found that useful but what do you think? What, what what did you take uh, away from what Ian was saying with you? What, what's going to help Obviously, photographers? I think Ian is talking a lot about the business side of things, isn't he? And and how to get yourself up and rolling. Um, you know, if you've got a passion in photography, fantastic. But what you've got to do is make those connections is something we repeatedly say, but it's because it's so important. Mm. It really is to go out and talk to other people. And that's exactly what that Mo Photo group is doing. It's connecting people together. And it could be a case of you you join that group and you make a connection with somebody and say, hey, actually, could I just come and see what it's all about? Can I just observe and have sort of a work experience day as such hmm. and, and get into that industry, which, as you've said before, you know, it's a case of filling in gaps in your diary, perhaps, or maybe it's actually the one thing you actually really want to do and you can do it quite easily. That's right. Yeah, because um, I've had several emails 
uh, this year from photographers. Some of them have been graduation photographers looking for more work, but I've also had emails from other photographers saying, look, I'm really quiet with my work at the moment. Are there any opportunities? Just as any business would when they, they'll, they'll get inquiries for any work that's available. And the graduation market and the school's market, as we've heard from Ian, is open to a lot more people coming in. There is a lot of work available out there, particularly in the summer months, um, particularly July is the period, um, and the opportunities are there. And there are long-standing companies. So some of you might be thinking, yeah, but I don't know who any of these companies are, but there's the long-standing ones, aren't there, Sarah? Yeah, there's there's Eden Ravenscroft. Um, you tell me another one. Uh, Tempest. Tempest, yeah, Tempest. They're Tempest for schools. They do graduations as well, actually, don't they? Yeah, they do. That's right. Yes, I think Tempest were like one of the biggest. And then you've got um, a newcomer, a fairly newcomer into the industry who started up a few years away, uh, a few years ago, graduation attire. And they're, they're, they're really making big waves in the industry and they're changing things and um, have got great working relationships with photographers, a, a lovely bunch of people to work with with and uh, a number of photographers work with them for graduation attire as freelancers and and so what we mean by that with all of these companies these photographers are not employed by these graduation companies they are uh, as full-time employees they're not employed but they're employed as freelancers so they put out that they'll come to you as a photographer and say look we've got all these graduations at these events going on at these universities and colleges and would you like to be uh, a photographer uh, shooting the formal graduation photos at these events? And you get paid a daily rate, you get paid your expenses, and there's accommodation a lot of time because it often means staying away from home as well. But all of that's paid for, and it's regular work. And in between all of that regular work that you're getting, you're then free to go and do your own photography you're going free to go and find your own work and and your own clients and do that and then with people like ian who's been in the industry for many many years you know is now in a situation where he's got his own school's photography company and he's got other photographers going out to do shoots for him as you said it was interesting how he said he doesn't really like did he say he doesn't like photography anymore or he just doesn't shoot i don't can't remember what he said now exactly i think it's a bit of a case of he's he's always been on sort of the the business side of things and, and the operations mm. um so it's not a case of that he doesn't like it it's a case of this is the sector that he knows the best mm. um and photography is a part of that and so perhaps going out and photographing it isn't as fun for him as running the business side of stuff mm. i think you you still have to have an enjoyment in photography if you're in that industry don't you yeah that's right you do and remember that's you know that's taken me years experience to get to that point uh, for us here for myself and sarah and mark it's taken us years of experience to get to where we are you know that's actually one of the reasons why we're able to do this podcast because we we have the years of experience previous years of experience to be able to talk about things but also what we're doing now as well you know we're not new into the industry and suddenly doing a podcast based on the world of photography yeah, because we do know about the industry we know the ins and outs of the industry we know the success stories we know the pitfalls we know the manufacturers we know the retailers and that takes a long time to build up to build those connections up um the other thing uh, that was quite interesting was if you do want to become a schools photographer and a graduation photographer you don't need that much equipment either do you 
No, definitely not. And there are some companies that even supply the equipment for you. You might just need a camera to bring to the table. They might supply the lights. But so often it is a case of camera, two lights. They've already got the background for you. They've done all the legwork. You've just got to turn up and take the photos. You've got no post-production work either. It's a brilliant way of boosting your income and having that return all the time, you know, if you have a nice relationship with the company you choose to work with, then you will have repeat work if they like you back as well, obviously. That's right. Yeah. And as I said, there's that whole thing of you're then working with other photographers. You're not on your own. You're not stuck like a studio on your own. You're working with a, a team of photographers because you could be with one other person. It could be 15 other photographers that you're working alongside. And these people become friends and colleagues. And suddenly, you know, the, the, you, the world of photography changes. And, you know, at the end of the month, you'll get that. You'll start to get that regular income as well, uh, which is really good. And remember, photographers will pass on other work as well. So you'll pick up other work from all of these people. It's about who you meet. And being in the right situation as well but you've got to put yourself into that situation so if you are a photographer that's pretty much always working on your own uh, get yourself out there and and you will pick up more work just but just by doing that as well and I, what I love about this is trying to get into the schools and particularly the graduation photography I think more so is that you don't need any experience because you can go along and train yes you need to know your way around a camera you know you need to know uh, a little bit about a little bit about lighting but once you set up for a graduation your lighting is pretty much the same for a whole shoot and so um, are your camera settings and so your camera settings as well um and now what you've got to be do, what you've got to be good at is being a people person a lot of photographers are not good people but people uh, not good at reacting with people dealing with people I managed to get that out there because i've always said this a lot of photographers hide behind their cameras you know, the best photographers are the ones that are vocal. They're always talking behind their camera. You know, they're talking to their client that's in front of them while they're actually shooting and getting something out of them. You know, it's the people that say, oh, you know, I like to do all the shots where people don't know that I'm taking photos, uh, taking all those, I don't like to use the word sneaky photos, but, you know, all the all the, all the the ones that people are there, the sort, that sort of photography I like to do when no one knows I'm there. And I always view that a lot of the time as it's a photographer who's not, particularly a confident photographer and the best photographers are the people that are good with other people and you can you you have to be taught that you have to see how photographers do that and how do they deal with people how do they get the best out of their subjects when they're shooting uh, kids at school or when they're shooting graduates at a graduate or it could be a family group of 20 people or 25 people um you know how does a photographer do that and and you'll see the best photographers. Yes, they're shooting, but they're spending more time talking. They're uh, interacting that with they're their interacting. subject. And you know, if you go into graduation photography and you do get large families, we have experienced it, haven't we, Cam? Yeah. But that is transferable to say into your wedding photography to know how to organize a group of varying ages and get the most from them is transferable skills. And so many people kind of think, oh, well, it's all bog standard formats and stuff like this, but it, it helps. It really does help. Yes, yeah. there might be a bog standard format, but there is a reason for that because it's, you know, time and tested basically. Mm. And it can help you in other industries. If that's where you're wanting to go, you need that people management and those certain skills that you're not going to get if you stay on your own, basically. Mm. And so my wedding photography, uh, experience over the years um, has given me the confidence so I could turn up to a wedding and 
arrange a group of 20 people. I could arrange a group of 100 people. I could arrange a group of 400 people. If you put a group of 5,000 people that needed organizing for a big group photo or something, I could do it just like that. Um, I would have the confidence to be able to just stand in front of a group of people and, and say to them, I want you guys here. I want you here. I want you all looking this way. I want to do this, 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 and this without any nerves at all. I would do it. But that's just been down to actually having put myself into that situation and having done it with so many times over the years that I just do it without even thinking about it. But did somebody show you the way? They did, did you, yes. Yeah, yeah, you were yeah. an assistant or whatever it was beforehand. You observed, you paid attention, you made your notes, you learned that skill. Yeah. And then there was a transition period where you then started implementing it. And then there comes the point where you change it to be the way you want to do it there's there's step-by-step progress isn't it yeah so I spent and this and this is quite unusual really I spent three years training as a wedding photographer with a local photographer all those years ago and I didn't had no intention of doing it I was working at a studio at at a commercial industrial photography studio and this photographer came in um we were just doing some work for him and I got to know him and he said to me oh you know have you ever considered doing weddings I wasn't even 20 then and I and I sort of said no not really but at that time I didn't have anything to do at weekends during the day at least so and this was in the days before photographers used to shoot in the evenings so we'd always used to stop when the wedding guests would sit down for the wedding breakfast that'd be four o'clock finish it was great (laughs) until photographers started to offer the evening coverage until first dance or midnight and all of that nonsense but um, and I and so I started going out with him and I spent three summers going out with him before he said to me, right, Cam, you need to go and buy. This is what you need to go and buy. You need to go and buy a Mets flash gun. You need to buy a Bronica uh, SQB. I think it was at the time. Uh, you need to buy three spare film bags, uh, a bag. And I know I knew, I knew the kit that I needed. So I borrowed that money off my mum and dad. So I'd spent three years doing this. And then that's when I went out and did my first wedding. And I was petrified at the time that this, I'm on my own. But I'd done it for three years because I'd literally watched watch somebody and, and I was doing the work for him eventually. I was doing, I was shooting, he was there, but I was shooting the weddings. He was much older than me. He was in an ideal situation, but he'd, he'd invested that time. And do you know, also for those three years, I didn't get paid a penny. Oh, <laughs> I didn't get paid. And I was... And really, I was a bit naive then. I was doing it and I got myself into a situation where I was just going along and do it because hey, I wasn't doing anything else at the weekends, at least during the day, you know. And you got a I, right I, bargain then. All right. And 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 he did, right? You know, but do you know what? It it paid off, right? After all these years, I would say it paid off um, you know, more than anyone will ever know. Um, and people don't do that. People don't think of doing that now. They don't think I need to get that experience. So I think um, a lot of the time as well, it, you know, you're talking about how you did it for for three years before you did it on your own. Mm. It's when it's your own name on the line. Mm. Yeah. All of a sudden, obviously that, that nervousness, that anxiety over it. Mm. And the thing is you will do it even better because it's your own name. Yeah. You will do the best you can possibly do because you want to. Yeah, in actual fact, can I say that's a really good point because what I didn't say was after those three years, I continued to work for him and him alone for five years and I was being paid at that point. And uh, it was after that point, I then set up on my own and was doing my own. Okay, so actually it was eight years doing weddings for somebody else before I actually did my own weddings under my own name. And uh, by then I'd had all the years of experience 
you know, that I needed, but it was yeah. still felt really unusual because now this was, this was really was down to me. I was going to take responsibility for everything from meeting the client, from, from booking them in and everything. And you see, that was another thing. You see, uh, with, with this other guy, I was started to sit in on meetings as well with, you know, when he was, when he was talking to couples and meeting them for the first time. Um, and you know, at the time you don't think oh, I'm learning here, this is experience and all of that. I was just doing it. I was just, you know, it was just, um, I was keeping busy. I was working and whatever. And, and all of that experience I still use to this day, you know, um, that, that somebody had trained me and, and taught me that. So I think, you know, we are people in this industry that we learn hands-on and it's just a case of, of putting yourself out there, making mm. yourself feel a little bit uncomfortable, but taking away so much more. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So guys, I think we've we've gone over, Sarah, a number of things today, like saying, you know, you need that experience, you need to speak to other photographers. Uh, you know, you can't do it without some sort of background knowledge and all of that. And we've sort of repeated ourselves several times. But the thing is, is um, because it's so important, because people don't do it these days, because everybody wants to fast track, you know, it's that instant, I want it instantly. And, and what we're what we've basically said is that you can't Definitely. <laughs> not, not to do it successfully anyway. So, um, uh, so guys, that's where we're at with this episode. We, we're going to be talking, you know, uh, on this podcast, a lot more, uh, you know, over the episodes about the business side of things, becoming photographers and working as photographers, because a lot of, I know that the feedback we get from a lot of you is asking us, you know, how do we do this? How do we get the work all of that? You know, the, the business aspect of things as well. Uh, and it's important. That's what people want to know. So, but for now guys, um, Sarah going to sign off here, say goodbye. I'm sorry. As I said, Mark wasn't here for this episode, but he is out busy shooting and that's what all photographers um, want to be doing. But uh, guys, thank you very much. Please listen, subscribe, please, um, you know, comment and everything. That's what keeps the show going. And we will see you in the next episode. Cheers. Thanks guys. Bye. <laughs>